Have you ever wondered how it is that you can teach your children pre-literacy skills? That would be the beginnings of reading and to help their academics, but to do it in a way that it doesn't impact your home life and just make more homework, but rather just do it as the day goes on. If that's the case for you, you will want to listen in to Shannon Ali. She is the podcast creator and host of Keys for Kindergarten Readiness. She is also the founder of Daytime Playtime Learning Center. Does your child have a speech language delay and you really want them to talk? Do difficult behaviors derail home life and you know the frustration is a communication struggle? Does your child see a speech therapist and you wonder, what do they do and how can I help? If these or similar questions are in your mind, this podcast is for you. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I am a speech language pathologist that has worked with children from birth to 21 for three decades. And in my classrooms, I see you wanting to connect with the heart of your child, but their speech and language skills create a barrier. So if you have a kiddo that has difficult behaviors, needs to expand their language, or learn to say speech sounds, and maybe even receives speech therapy, stay tuned. Because in this podcast, you will learn how to use your daily life as a tool to communication practice and how to do that practice. You will become confident knowing you are making the difference you want to make. And you will hear success stories of parents who have navigated these struggles already. We'll do this all while focusing on building deep, meaningful connection and confidence in your kiddo. So grab a cup of coffee along with a notebook and pen. It's time to speak in the way your child's brain understands. And that is the language of play. Hey friends, are you worried that your children are not ready for school after this summer? That they are set back in skills and they don't listen to you when you try to help them? I remember trying to inspire my kids to practice worksheets that I picked up at the local educational supply store. But that is not what they wanted to do, nor what I wanted to do. I wanted learning to be fun and enjoyable, not being another thing added to my parenting plate. Instead, I wanted my kids to learn during the real-life activities of our days, not pile on more stuff. Finally, I got creative, and I decided to change it up. I learned how to use cooking and travel and shopping and all the other daily activities as a springboard for the practice in a fun and natural way. And I learned that when I know what they need to learn, then I can figure out different ways to teach it. Message me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com and we can see if this is exactly what you need. Now for a review. Sasha Star 4 writes, So important and gives five stars. She says, I only recently learned how important play is and I am beyond grateful for the way Dina Lynn shows up and shares encouragement on this topic. It helps me be a better mom. Thank you, Dina Lynn. 
Well, thank you, Sasha Starr uh, from the Intentional Mom Life with Jesus podcast. Thank you for your review. And listener, if you haven't yet left your review, I'll ask you to scroll down and click on the five stars and then the little purple letters that say write a review. Click there and give me that review. I just so appreciate the reviews you give and I read every single one. So let's get started with Shannon's interview. Thank you, Shannon, for being with me today. Thank you for listeners for joining today as we get to know Shannon Ali. She is a lovely young woman, and she is a certified teacher and certified speech language pathologist, just like me. And yeah. with, um, she had a minor in family and child studies. Shannon founded Daytime Playtime Learning Center in 2020. She has a passion for helping students reach their full potential in all areas of their lives. Shannon is known for being energetic and patient with children, and she enjoys creating learning videos for children to continue the learning on the go. She hosts Keys to Kindergarten Readiness podcast, which is how I met her and asked her if she would join me on the language of play. She teaches parents how to raise smart, independent children who love Jesus. Shannon resides in Shreveport, Louisiana, with her loving husband, Jelani, and their three children. Shannon, thank you so much for joining me today. I know that our listeners are going to get so much out of this conversation because as parents, we want our kids to do well in school, and we want to be able to support their learning. And you are giving some very practical, tactical ways that parents are able to help their kids with learning to read and learning to um, embed what their learning is into their daily life. So it's not an extra job for parents. Yes, welcome. yes, yes, welcome. yes. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for having me. That is so true. So back 2020, take you back. I was at home with a three-year-old, a one-year-old and a newborn. <laughs> it was is crazy. He? It was crazy. And I knew that there was no way I was going to be able to work with my, my kid, like my three-year-old on anything academic. I was still teaching virtually and it was, it was just a hot mess, just to be honest. <laughs> and so slowly but surely, I kind of developed, I kind of went back to my background in speech and in education, and I developed what we call like the smart reading system. And basically, we're doing exactly what you're saying. We're kind of habit stacking, in a sense, integrating learning into daily routines. I love that. That is something that I, I talk about with my parents regularly. So that would not be new news to them. And um, when you are able to embed it into the daily life, then it doesn't feel like it's this extra job that parents have to do. And you know, like you said, I love your honesty. It was a hot mess time. I think most of the world was in a hot mess time in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> and it was hard to teach at home, work at home, and have children at home all at the same time. In that experience, what did you learn? I learned that sitting at the table and drilling flashcards and worksheets. It doesn't have to be like that. Learning doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. And we want to make it fun. And so, for example, uh, brushing our teeth. That's something that we do daily, usually two times a day, right? But at least once <laughs> we try to get that in. And so I would start clapping out words with my kids, which is essentially syllable segmentation. So I would say, um, Isaiah, he's my oldest, Isaiah, ooh, get your tooth 
fresh and that would be two claps and so he would start hearing some of that syllable awareness i learned about just so many so many ways to infuse it into our daily routines. So for example, when we're eating dinner, I would model for them, oh, we're eating chicken. Let's clap out chicken, chicken. And they don't even realize that they're learning. Oh, that's two syllables. Syllables are parts of words, chicken. Right. That is so good. Now, my listeners may or may not know when you're saying chicken, what I see on the screen talking to you is you clapping on each mm -hmm. syllable. Can you tell me now, like you and I as speech pathologists, we know how important syllables and hearing that is, but can you dive into why do you have kids clap syllables? What is the benefit in that? Yes. So rhythm, <laughs> that rhythm, they can right. start hearing that, that rhythm, and that's going to pretty much lead them into rhyming later. So that gets them into some higher level phonological awareness, those pre-reading skills that they need to have to build that solid foundation. So when we start clapping out things, they start kind of getting some rhythm alligator or whatever it is we're talking about. We're, I'm still at the table, right? Um, so we're having some spaghetti. <laughs> so I'm clapping it out and it, it gives them um, some fun too. You know, mm -hmm. and it gives them a little fun. If we're somewhere else, we could jump out the word, things like that. But that rhythm so moving forward with rhyme when i'm in the bathtub now my now my newborn she's three now hallelujah so now <laughs> when we're in bath in the bath time we work on rhyme you know i don't sit like i said i don't have time to sit at a table for an hour to do any of that and so we're working on rhyme and so i'll model some of that rhyme with her i'll say "Ooh, i'll, I'll do silly stuff kids love for us to be silly moms dads parents listening mm -hmm. i know it's it's overwhelming sometimes or maybe feels you get tired of being silly like you don't want to do that right. <laughs> but i'm telling you right like yes. five minutes of silly it just, it just does something. It does. It something goes more. deep into their psyche. And when they have that fun, they're really connecting to it. And that causes them to learn faster. And the other part of that is that movement and, and the rhythm that you're talking about enhances memory. So whatever it is that we are trying to teach, we have this um, deeper ability to go into the operating system of their brain, the way their brain understands, and utilizing that to learn more quickly. And so these skills that you're teaching, that you're turning into silly and parents feel like, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, this is why it's important because you can enter the operating system of your kid's brain and, and function there. So they learn faster in that mode. You said a word that may or may not be um, known by my parents. So can you define phonological? Phonological awareness is so important. It is all over what you do. It is what you do. And it is also what I do. Can you talk about what that is? Yes. Yeah, so fun lot. So a lot of my parents and yours too, probably they're familiar with phonics, letters and sounds, but that is just one piece. So for example, I, Isaiah, when he was three at first, he knew his letters and sounds, the phonics element, and he would, he would get a word and he would try to sound it out or so, you know, he thought he was. <laughs> and so he would, he would go, D ah, g. And I was like, okay, he knows the letters and sounds. He's going to read this word, right? 
wrong girl he would just say all <laughs> kind of random stuff turkey like no what just what it sounds but it's because those phonological awareness skills which are basically those listening skills those mm-hmm. listening skills were not developed okay and so we had to develop those and before i was combining those with the letters i was doing other phonological awareness or listening skills are these words the same or are they different words okay cat cat okay our child needs to know that they need to be able to hear that those are the same word or what if i said cat cap can they distinguish can they hear the difference between those two words so same and different uh rhyme alliteration ooh um sally sells seashells by the all those first sounds you know all of those their listening skills and we have got we have to have those listening skills solid before we're expecting them to read go ahead Absolutely. And I know that I did a a series with listening skills. And maybe you also have some episodes on listening specifically, or would you say that your whole podcast has something to do with listening skills? There are definitely a lot of listening skills required for we do we do a lot of kindergarten readiness but reading is definitely one of our main focuses and so yes i uh it's the foundation isn't it to that yeah those that more Mm -hmm. oh well i'm sure that you will and Mm -hmm. listeners if you are wanting to go check out shannon's podcast it is fabulous i listened to multiple episodes and i will put the link to her podcast in my show notes i will also put a link to the the episode series on listening and why it is that your kids struggle with listening um, in the show notes for you. All right. Now, another term that gets mixed up sometimes is phonemic awareness versus phonological awareness. And from a parent's perspective, I I think most of the parents I worked with, they they don't care what it's called. Just tell them what to do. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yet sometimes it's helpful to have at least a little bit of understanding on what the difference is so that you don't get mixed up when somebody says, no, you're working on phonemes, not phonological awareness. And you're like, what's the difference? And there isn't a lot of difference. It's very, very close. Would you like to take that answer? Because I know as a speech path, you and I both know the same stuff. We do with that. Yeah. So that phonological awareness, again, is going to be more of that umbrella, that whole word type of you know, listening and that phoneme, those phonemes, those individual, that smallest sound, you know, am I saying, you know, or, or whatever sound, those individual sounds, because we can, we can change the word meaning simply by changing those phonemes. So for example, if my word is cat and I'm trying to get a child to rhyme, if they can change that phoneme, that the beginning to sound. right that beginning sound just that individual sound from to they've created a new word right to hat they made it into hat right if they take that that k sound at the beginning it's spelled with a c mm-hmm. but it's a k sound and they mm-hmm. change it to the h sound and i'm saying this out loud because it's hard on the microphone to hear the k oh, and the yeah. and the b and the the p, you know those little sounds that we're yes. saying are tricky in the microphone so if when we teach our children to change just that first sound that first sound is going to be the phoneme that changes and the awareness of the phonological pattern is your phonological awareness, which is having that meaning in the whole word, the Mm. whole big picture. So they're actually thinking in their mind, getting a visualization of cat when I say cat, and they're Mm. getting a visualization in their mind of a hat when we say hat. 
Mm-hmm. And so that it's that awareness, that meaning and all the connection that goes along with the whole word. So that parents is the difference between your phoneme or phonemic awareness, one sound or phonological awareness is like the whole word meaning connection. So for example, something uh, parents y'all can do today is to start using items in your environment. So what I mean by that is I'll say, I'll, I'll chop it up like that into the phonemes and I'll say, hey, Isaiah, will you get me the book and see, do they know what I'm saying? And they'll go get the book or or do they think I'm saying the ball? Do they know what toy I'm saying? Will you get me the d you know, do they know what I'm talking about? Can they hear it? Can they put it together? Can they make meaning out of those sounds? That's a fantastic thing to do. So what I'm hearing you do for the child is you're breaking up each sound and you're saying it with just a smidgen of a gap between yes. each sound. And then we see and we wait for the kids, give them that little bit of quiet time, that pause so that they can, in their mind, link those sounds together and come up with meaning. And then they go fetch that item. And so you're putting that task, that that brain task into your daily life. So maybe if you're on your way out the door, you want them to get their shoes on. Mm-hmm. You might say, put your shoes on and then wait for them to go follow the instruction. Right. Is that what you're yes, saying? Yes, to make yes, it fit God, into your it. normal life. Good. <laughs> that is it. That is it. You didn't have to go to the table to do all of this. You can incorporate this into your daily routine. Right. And pulling apart a word like that to identify the different phonemes is not something that I that parents, I think, typically do. It's not something that when I was a new parent before I had gone down this route, I didn't do that either, even as a speech pathologist, because in the speed of daily living in our homes, we don't mm-hmm. think to do that. Mm-hmm. And no, right. So this is fantastic how, how you are showing parents how, how they can help with their children's reading and listening skills at a very practical level in real life. Can you give us another example of how you might take a real life activity while you're doing that real life activity and using it in another way? Yes. So I, I think I started talking about the bathtub and then we started talking about something else, but with <laughs> Naomi, we're doing rhyme <laughs> in the bathtub or even we could, it could be getting dressed. Okay. Um, you know, I might tickle her, you know, um, I say, I'm washing, I'm washing her in the bathtub and I say, Ooh, I'm going to wash your peat with a, with a P sound peat. I'm being so silly. And it's like, Oh wait, that's your peat. Your Am I, am I, do I really mean your feet or your mouth? Which one almost sounds like Pete? And I say, Ooh, I meant your feet. I was being silly. Pete, feet. Those are rhyming words. And sometimes if they're not really up to the level of actually producing a rhyme, just modeling that rhyme is so important. So it can kind of start to hear it more and understand it more. It is really tough to just ask a kid, you know, Hey, what's a, do- a word that runs a dog? If they're not really Sure. If they can't even tell you yes or no, do these words rhyme dog log? If they can't even tell you that we wouldn't expect them to produce a rhyme. It's harder. Right. Right. So in the tub, you know, I say, Ooh, now I'm going to wash your care. 
not your care, your hair. I'm washing your hair. Care, hair. Those are rhyming words. They almost sound the same. And then, you know, we just go on and on. I pick maybe like five body parts and I just work on those. And I give myself a goal because goals are important. If we don't have a goal, what are we doing? So I say, okay, in my head, you know, when we take this bath tonight, I'm going to make sure I do at least five body parts as a quick rhyme review. Sure. That sounds great. So one of the things that I used to do with, well, I still do it with parents and I used to do it for myself. When I had chosen some things to teach in various parts of the house, I would put a sticky note on the wall. This might not work in the shower, but it'll help in the bathroom to be able to remind me when when I'm actually thinking about cleaning the kid, you know, I'm actually thinking about getting them to bed and we're washing in the bathtub. But my mind was not on reading or rhyming or any of those things. My mind is put this child to bed because I'm tired and I want to go to bed. Right. <laughs> so when your mind is there, I think that those sticky notes will help. They helped me remember, okay, give a nugget of practice on this topic and that topic. How do you recommend that your parents do it? That sticky notes is something that I just used for certain things. And for me, it was like, ah, they didn't know their phone number. So I put it on the door. So before we leave the house, we, I would get the reminder. Oh yeah. Practice phone number, you know, like stuff like that. No, I love the sticky note. I love the sticky note um, because, you know, we don't have time. We don't have a lot of time to spend Mm-mm. on getting some kind of fancy something, or you can set an alarm too on your phone. But if, you know, depending on if you do the same things at the same time, but I love it. never goes off note. at a convenient time. Yeah. No, right. <laughs> so I love that sticky note idea. I have, um, sometimes getting creative gives, you know, makes me excited. So I got on Canva and like made like a little, a little, uh, schedule for like our morning routine, things like that are fun. But if you don't have time for that, don't worry about that. Sticky notes will work perfectly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Canva is a site that you can do graphics on making. Yes. Yeah. So I just actually learned about Canva just a couple of years ago. It was nowhere in my young child parenting journey. Nothing near that. For me, it was just colored pencils, crayons, paper, tape, sticky notes. Yes. Okay. Well then, well then I want to share more about it then. So yes, Canva is um, a website. There is a free version and basically you can kind of make like a scrapbook. I have basically done that. And so for the, the goal, you can let your child know what the goal is, you know, depending on their level, you can let them kind of know what they're working on, or, you know, you can remind reminder for mommy to do five body parts, you know, silly, silly body parts. When we get in the, you can put a picture of a tub and put that on the wall. And so, but yeah, you can just kind of get pictures and make a little collage and that kind of be a little memory and, and tell your child about it, make it really fun. That is great. Now, one of the other things you're focusing on that I really value and is in part of my, the language of play values is fun, having fun with your kids as you're learning. And we know that um, they learn better. So would you talk about some of the fun things that you and your kiddos have done that have helped them learn how, well, whatever it is that you're teaching? So what you teach is so important. The language of play, like it's just so important. I'm so honored to even be here, but I want to tell you that play is so important because it really is their language. You know, I was just the other day, I was talking to my, my actual kids and I was telling him, you know, make up your bed, do this, do that, do that. And he was like, stop yelling at me, mom. And I was like, 
I'm not yelling at you, but, and I really wasn't like my voice was in a regular tone, but what he, he, he thought of that as yelling because I was doing what, you know, just ordering him around and correcting him and doing all of that. But when we can get silly with them and I mean, it doesn't really have to be that long y'all five or 10 minutes, just, just push through and do it. And, you know, I like to incorporate music with whatever it is we're doing they seem to like that and even with like cleanup songs so I'll put like a fun cleanup song on and they they start dancing and singing and cleaning up things like that are so important but just getting silly get into that element pretend like you're acting or something you know like if that if that helps you whatever it is you need go down to about a four-year-old just fun funsy thing and um just do it like it's going to make all of the difference and you can set a timer you can set a timer for yourself. I do it. I do it. I set a timer for myself. I'd say, okay, we're going to have our special time together. We can do whatever you want, as long as it doesn't involve a screen, right? And, you know, it's got to be safe, that kind of thing. But I set a timer for five minutes and me and my daughter play Minnie Mouse and all of the little, all of the little, you know, character games. And it really lights her up. It fills her attention bucket. It does all that. It makes that connection for that language of play. And they learn so much. So while we're playing Minnie Minnie Mouse, I'm saying mini penny. Those are rapping words, right? I'm incorporating yeah. that into our play. Or I'm saying um penny, the first sound in penny is p. And then if there's a letter, I might show, oh, that's a P, you know, pointing those things out in our daily routines, in our play. And like I said, you can time it so it doesn't have to last forever. <laughs> and the kid knows <laughs> we're done. <laughs> That is, that is a great way to fill your child's, I call it love tank. You're calling it mm-hmm. attention bucket. It's kind of the same thing, you know, to get them filled up. And when you um, play with your kiddos, one of the things I remember is letting my kids get into costume when they had chores to do. So Ooh, I like if I... It. Yeah, if we put them into costume, they think they're playing. And so mm-hmm. we give them a character name. Who's your character? And then... I found that it was easier for me because I didn't always have to get into silly mode. I could play with them in the language they speak, but I did not have to be silly. I could still be playful without being silly because I never really enjoyed silly, but I enjoy Mm -hmm. playful. So they would maybe put on a hat and maybe an apron and have a broom or whatever. And we'd call them Cinderella or we call them, (laughs) they'd make up their own name. And so for the duration of their work time, that was their name. And then when they were done, I'd say, good job and do some kind of reward, whether it's a, a a cookie or a hug or a free time outside, whatever it was, that character was retired and then they <laughs> were able to return. And it's a simple thing it. that we can do as a parent mm-hmm. without having to jump into silly mode, but yet we are in play mode. I love that. I love it. I love it. Silly versus play. I love it. You're going to have to talk, speak more on it. I love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> All right. Shannon, these are such great ideas. And I know that they're really practical for the parents. What got you into teaching children literacy? Because you're a speech pathologist like me. And yet I always had a passion for teaching literacy through the speech and language classroom as well. But I did it from the perspective of using literacy to support teaching language. But you did it the other way. And you took your speech skills and now you're teaching literacy, teaching, reading. Tell me, how did you get on that path? 
Yes, definitely. So I taught in a school for about six years, really sweet families, all of that. But the kids were just at this particular school, they were struggling with reading skills. Y'all, these were middle school and high school students, seniors graduating, and I would have them just do basic paragraph. Like it wasn't even like a big essay and just words were constantly misspelled. And, you know, there's a lot of people doing that now with just technology, but grammar was terrible. Having them read a full sentence, it would, it would literally break your heart. Like it was, it was so sad. And it's because they had been just kind of, um, you know, moved on and moved along and they just didn't get those foundational skills that they really needed. And I said, if I can help other moms and dads teach their children these foundational skills early and get those strong as a child and help them want to learn and be excited about learning because because if you struggled for you know 12 years of school like you're tired you know as a student you're not really wanting to do it you just kind of want to give up and and not and not go the full route but if you can get it while they're early fill in those holes make it strong they're just set up for success yeah Very nice. I love that. I didn't know that part of your story. And I do know that even when you take um, kids that are in junior high, high school, and they're missing the gaps, when you fill the holes, they can read. And it's this Mm -hmm. stuff, this listening stuff that is Mm -hmm. connected to your sounds and sound play that fills the holes. Yes, yes, that's it. Yeah. Well, this has been fabulous. I know that my parents here are Um, really benefiting from your work, from your talk today. And again, parents, if you have an interest in following Shannon Ali on her podcast, I encourage you to do it. Her, um, Her link is in my show notes and I will have other contacts for her too. Thank you so much, Shannon for being here today. You are a wealth of information and you have great, great ideas. And I love how you think. Of course I would, because (laughs) you think like me in so many ways. So I hope that we have future together doing some other work together too. So families, take a look for that. I think you probably will hear about something coming up. At least I hope so. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Hey parents, I hope you found this episode helpful. If so, would you please take 30 seconds and share it with a friend who also lives or works with children? I would really appreciate it if you would leave a quick review for the show on Apple Podcasts. I read every review and it lights me up to know that this show is making a difference. Then come join my Facebook community where you'll meet other parents who are dedicated to helping their children grow too. You'll find the link in the show notes. Thank you for joining me. Now it's time to go. Let's pop our kiddos in the strollers and go look around outdoors and see what we have to talk about.